Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Faith in Action. We are so thankful for everyone who has been spreading the word and you have been sharing these episodes. We are so thankful. We are growing a little by little, and we are appreciative of those in the audience that continue to support us and help us as we continue to engage God's word and help us to live our faith out practically and having some understanding of our day-to-day daily activities, especially when it comes to practicing and handling spiritual disciplines. Now, if you recall the previous week, last week's episode, at the end, we talked about how to treat each other in 2024. And I wanted to do this episode because one, it's January. And even though it's January, we've already been hearing about it and seeing things about it way before this month even came into being. And for all of you, you know, I am referring to politics, the upcoming presidential election. It's going to be a very contentious year because it was getting hot and contentious the past couple of years, but 2023 was heating up even before getting into the actual year itself. And now that we are here, we can only expect it to not only just the intensity to increase by 10, 20 fold, but the ugliness is going to increase by 10, 20 fold. The division is going to increase by 10, 20 fold. And I think those are just low numbers I'm giving as far as how much worse it's going to be. It's going to be horrific. It is not going to be something I'm looking forward to. And That's why I decided I wanted to talk about this podcast because we as Christians can sometimes get caught up in this and we have to be careful because the truth is we get so caught up in this topic that we look more like the world than we do followers of Christ. And I want to start off before we discuss anything in particular, I want to read James chapter three. We'll look at verses three through 11. James three. 3 through 11. Actually, let's do 12. I don't know why I put 11. Um, uh, 3 through 12. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, The tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? 
My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. When you look at this, and of course, when we look at the uh, particular passage here that's referring to uh, setting the whole body on fire, so, you know, setting sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and um, and just it corrupts the whole body. I mean, not set the body on fire, but corrupts the whole body. That really speaks to me because I have seen too many congregations whose tongues and words corrupted the whole congregation. And it's sad when you see that happen because it really brings you a very stark reminder of just how important it is for us to be careful of what we say and that we are in need of God's help to ensure that we say the things we need to say. We need to be so filled with God, so filled with Christ, so filled with the Holy Spirit to speak the things that we ought to speak and that people can truly see that we are different from the world. And it's going to be hard this year. And it saddens me with almost every election, especially with the past few elections we have. I cannot tell you how many times, and I'm just going to be frank here, cannot tell you how many white congregations back in 2008 and 2012 that really did not have much to do with black congregations because many in the black community supported Barack Obama. And in 2016 and 2020, and even to this day, I know a lot of black congregations that do not want to have anything to do with a number of white congregations because a number of those people in the congregation supported Donald Trump. And it is so sad that we put our allegiances to these men, not just Obama, not just Trump, whoever's going to be our president in 2024 and our future presidents, if God you know, if God's mercy and his uh, allowance allow for us to continue, that whatever and whoever is going to be in office, we immediately put them on a pedestal based on whether or not they belong to our party or not, whether or not they share one or two of the same common values or same particular values we have. We put them on a pedestal and we worship them. You want proof that we worship them? On a, a good amount of my Facebook feed, my old feed, I did a lot of cleaning on my Facebook because I was getting sick and tired of seeing it, and it was bringing down my spirituality, and it was making me feel miserable seeing fellow Christians doing this. And so I just cleaned up my Facebook friends. And and don't get me wrong, if you post some political things every once in a while, okay, but with Certain friends, I was seeing them post more about the politics. And there was some friends, especially, you know, they'll post so much about, um, let's say, you know, President Trump. And they'll post so much about him. And then every once in a while, they'll post some kind of scripture or something. But then I'll see them post something along the lines of trying to Make this make this thing that your Christianity is dependent on whether you voted for this man or not. And when when I started seeing that, 
that really just burned me up because even just and not just with him, I've actually seen this happen a couple of times and those with black Christians in particular and even some white Christians make that same argument when it comes to Obama and I've seen it, but it is more common with Trump. So I'm not trying to get you know, just a full pass on things, but it has just become so common that Christianity and American politics has become so intertwined that it's almost became inseparable. And that's why we need to stop practicing American Christianity and practice biblical Christianity, practice the Christianity that Christ wants us to practice and follow. We've Americanized this religion so much. We've commercialized this religion so much. We have politicized this religion so much that it does not look familiar to Scripture. If you look at Scripture, the things that Christ calls us to do means that we are not going to do what America typically does. We are going to look different. We're going to act different. We are going to hold ourselves to a different standard. We do not hold ourselves to a standard of who you vote for in office. We do not hold ourselves to the standard of a constitution of a country, even if it's the United States. We hold ourselves to the standard that God has set. And until we recognize that we have gotten so far away from that standard, we there's no help. There is no hope for us. We have to go back to the standard. We have to go back to the cross. Um, and again, I just want to say nothing wrong in being patriotic. Nothing wrong in wanting to participate in the political process. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm not here to tell you who to vote for and not to vote for. That is not my place. However, it is my place as a fellow brother in Christ when I see that Christians are putting the idea and this whole stance on politics, in politics in general, on such a pedestal that it has become the God that they worship and worship often. I hear more Christians talk about the political scene, not just with people that are not in the church, but some congregations I go to, that's the topic that's brought up every single Sunday. And not just amongst the time that we fellowship before and after a Bible class or worship service, but even in sermons. And not just a one-off thing. Like, I'll hear series of sermons that's so focused on this. And it's like, this is quite interesting. We're the same people that if someone we vote for didn't win, we will instantly say, well, God is in control. I see that posted literally on election night or the day after election, whenever the counts get counted and confirmed and whatnot. I'll see all those posts, and then two days later, it's back to posting all this stuff about everything and and just – and it's like, y'all forgot that God is in control, that God is the one who put whoever is running the country there. We don't know the reason. We are not God. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to God. But the point I'm bringing up with this is that we as Christians get in this mindset that someone, we, we look at who we vote for. And we 
And if we see someone votes differently than us, we instantly think that we have should have nothing to do with them. We cut them out. However, Galatians 5, and 23 tells us what to do when you meet someone that does not vote the way you do. Galatians 3, and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And what's interesting is when you read these fruits of the Spirit, as we call them, you have to realize that it is important that we have these characteristics within us and we need to show that even to people we do not agree with. I know it's not easy and it is easy to divide. You don't know why someone voted for a person and it might be for a reason that is something you may have never thought of and might be something that It might not even be comprehensible to you, even though you hear that person's reason. You might think to yourself, there is no way this person, despite them telling me why, I just don't understand why they did it. You have to realize politics is just for that purpose, to divide us, to see us as us versus them. And it's worked wonders in the church. I've seen it. I have seen churches divide over this topic. I have seen churches who have gone so far as to say certain things about, um, you know, your whole Christianity is dependent on who you vote for. And I, and when I hear that, I just want to throw my hands up and it angers me to a great degree when I hear these things. And I'm thinking to myself, So you want to change the world. You want to turn the world upside down with the gospel of Christ. But yet you don't realize that when people see you and see the message, and especially when your message is always political, that people are going to associate Christianity with the political aspect. And not only is that something we need to be careful But we have this responsibility to be Christians first. We have a teaching. We don't call it a teaching. We don't outright say it's a teaching, but it's something that we do subconsciously. We often say that, and we don't, and like I said, we don't literally say this, but our what we practice and what the idea we get across is we need to be American first and then Christian. No, we're Christian first and then American. When we're Christian first, we see the world in a different light. When we're American first, we will see people the way that the world wants us to see them, the way our friends and those outside of the church wants us to see them. But if you're a Christian first, you see each person as a soul. You see each person that has their own struggles and that each person you see are in need of Jesus. Even those in the church, we constantly need Jesus. Those outside of the church, they need Jesus. And we have allowed 
politics to come between us so much that we'll have no problems being ugly to a fellow Christian just because they didn't vote like us. And my friends, that is not what God wanted. That's what Satan wanted, because the more we fight, the more he can have people that will turn away and they will think Christianity is nothing but a bunch of infighting and a bunch of people, depending on which side you got all the rural Christians that they think of nothing but rural Christians as being um, just instead of technically being a being Christians, they're just a side arm to a pres to President Trump, and they'll look at urban Christians and say they're just a side arm to President Obama or whoever, and Joe, or President Joe Biden. And yes, I've heard these terms from people before, not making this up, and it angers me because they think they're doing God's work and making these comments and making these claims and not realizing this. They are falling exactly into Satan's hands. And I say they, but let's be honest. If you're listening to this, you probably fall in this category too. And I'm not saying I'm perfect because I, especially when I was younger, used to do and make a lot of these same assumptions. And I feel ashamed that I ever have. And not realizing that I need to look beyond the physical, beyond the politics, and see people as people to love, to show love, to express joy, for them to see my peace. And I want to get back to that peace one. Forbearance, and patience, and kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I want them to see that in me so they can see what a Christian is. So as I mentioned, this podcast is talking about practicality. How can we be better in 2024, this political season? Um, there's one word I want to talk about. I was going to break down each of these fruits of the spirit and us kind of hit on how each of these fruits of the spirit can help us with the, this upcoming election year. But there's one that I want to focus on the most, and that is peace. Peace. That is something, isn't it? Peace. When's the last time you've realized that we have not only, not only do we have peace, but we have the best peace that no one in this world can understand we have a peace in this world that is so amazing that despite everything going on in the world, the world can be falling apart, but we have something great. Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God it surpasses all understanding. So regardless who's in office, regardless what laws get changed, regardless what's in legislation, you have a peace. What's that peace? The peace of God. And when people see you have that peace, that not only will set you apart from the world, but unfortunately, as we've seen with past elections, it'll set you apart from those who claim to be Christian as well. Practice Having peace. 
Be at peace with God because this world is not our home. It's interesting. We this is, this is an older song that used to get sung all the time. And maybe we need to sing that song a little more. Which don't be wrong. I love our newer songs. I advocate us singing our newer songs. But that's one older song that I think we probably need to sing a little more because we get so caught up in politics that we forget that this world is not my home. And just to think about this, the person who wrote this song wrote this long before we had a President Biden, President Trump, President Obama, um, uh, President Bush. You know, this, these, this was written long before that, and this person was already wanting, a, had a longing for their ultimate home, which is heaven. I think we've gotten so comfortable in this world and so comfortable with how we like things in our country and within your towns and within our area that we forget that despite how much we like living here, there's a home that surpasses all of that and it is going to be filled with people that we like and don't like. And when I say don't like, I don't mean dislike because of an immoral reason, but dislike as far as maybe not agreeing with them on every single thing, especially when it comes to politics. Now, um, I do want to say I do believe there's a there is a big difference between political issues and moral issues. So and I'm sure you can use your imagination on that. And I'm but I'm what I'm trying to get at here is that. There are a lot of political things that are talked about and are discussed that I strongly believe divides Christians so much and they don't realize how divided they are. I don't I say they, but I don't think we realize how divided we are. We are so divided. And the enemy is making these moves against us. We already have the victory, but we have to do our part. We have to do our part. Again, Galatians 5, and 23 are good fruits of the spirit for us to practice and helping us and dealing with people who do not vote like us and do not agree with us politically. So you all have a good rest of your day, good rest of your week. Please, please heed these things. The church is not seen in the best light right now because of the past eight, 12 years. Please, Christians, wake up and let us practice true Christianity and get this whole idea of American Christianity out of our head and practice what God wants us to practice. And that is pure and true religion. Thank you all and have a good rest of your week. And God bless.